Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just so everybody knows, we are in a rush to get 5,000 subscribers. It's a couple of days away. So if you have not subscribed to this channel, please do. If you have, please tell a friend. And let's grow this up because once we hit 5,000, we're going to do a weekly live stream. Once we hit 6,000, you're going to have remote broadcast. And once we hit 7,000, we're going to do a call-in ship. I mean, so we are going to try and grow this thing as quickly as possible. So thank you for that. I'm here. I'm Stephen Willis, and I'm here with Bill Flowers like I am every Wednesday. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Auburn game. And we're going to talk about the Jefferson Pilot game of the week. That is the Vanderbilt Commodores. How you doing, Bill? That might be dangerous to have a call-in show. <laughs> oh y'all i have no I, I have no doubts about that yeah but it, it's going like every time we hit a new thousand subscribers on youtube we do something new so um just, just mark that up call in show with bill flowers you don't you don't you won't know what to oh, expect oh yeah nope. we, we, uh, i, I we, will like, probably not to do the birdie like eli <laughs> Yeah, like it's Tuesday nights, um, the Shark Tank live stream with Bill Flowers and Stephen Willis. We, we can get it done, right? Yeah. All right. So, Ole Miss basically just out-talented Auburn. Basically, everything you talked about during the week came true. Ole Miss had a better football team, better football players. Now, this is probably – Auburn fans aren't going to agree with anything I say because they're already doing the things that Ole Miss obviously isn't that good because they barely beat our worst team ever. They're, that's the way they're doing that. But I, I'm I'm okay with this result. That's a hard place to play. That is that's one of the hardest places to play. Um, there's a reason why Ole Miss hasn't had a lot of success down there. Uh, it's a hostile environment, extremely loud, passionate uh, fan base, um, and it's definitely uh, a, a top five uh, environment for. Uh, volume which doesn't help uh you know offenses when when you're in the uh a, a really tough environment it, needing needing players to hear the line of scrimmage it's it's difficult yeah and you have a situation where all season this year the first quarter Ole Miss has been very good in the fourth quarter Ole Miss has been very good in the second and third quarterback has been just kind of meh but I think it was during the second and third quarter, I saw potentially the best pass I've ever seen a quarterback make. And that was Jackson Dart throwing the ball about 35 yards downfield, and it looked like he handed it to Caden Priestcorn on a tight end go route. And, and I'm just, I think about that pass probably more than I should. Well, remember when I told you, middle of the field is a quarterback's best friend. Being able to throw straight down the middle of the field is easy compared to, you know, diagonally throwing it toward the sideline, trying to hit it into a bread basket. Um, so I feel like Jackson Dart has all the ability in the world. That's, I mean, he, I don't think there's any quarterback that has more talent than he does. Um, and you see those in spurts mm -hmm. and you see, when he makes a pre-snap read, when he sees the middle of the field, when he sees something that he throws the ball before someone breaks, you 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 just cannot outplay him. And 
those types of throws uh, show that. Yeah, it, it's a situation where uh, now you might not agree with this, but and whoever's listening to this might not agree with this, but I think Jackson Dart's ceiling. Let's say Jackson Dart comes back for his senior year in 2024, comes back and does it again, because if he does that, he's going to be the all-time passing leader, the all-time total offense leader, and the all-time leader of a quarterback running the ball, and actually in the top 10 all-time rushing list of any player. Uh, Jackson Dart's ceiling at this point is the GOAT. His yeah. floor is probably a little bit below Matt Corral. So there's a, there's a, there's a big variance at the moment. But the talent, the ceiling, whenever he flashes, my goodness, does he flash. This offense, when it's going well, Matt Corral didn't do this. No, that I mean, people can – and I have told you early on that he has all the talent in the world. But there's a portion of Dart that is very immature. And when I say immature, just not being able to really – understand and grasp pre-snap reads, looking at the safety, looking at who's in the box, understanding if they come, this is who we throw to, getting the ball out early. The That's where it separates you from going, this guy's going to leave early now uh, to go to the NFL because he's there. And he's not. He, you, you see glimpse. You see glimpse where, man, this kid has all the ability. He's So you see glimpse of it. Um you saw an LSU where he saw more of it. And I do think that having Spencer Sanders behind you uh, playing really poorly against Alabama, having bad play calls against Alabama, having the pressure knowing Spencer Sanders can't take my job, having the, having that, that pressure behind you, forcing you to hit, get the ball out quickly uh, made him play better against LSU. And I, I really do believe that. I think it's going to be him having that mindset of getting the ball out quickly. That's, that's what's going to take him to the next level. Um, so his ceiling is as far as high as you want to be, but it's going to be, and, and, and this will, this will separate all the quarterbacks in the NFL. It's the processing system. How fast can they process information? You have all you have you have 10 quarterbacks in the NFL that can all do the same skill sets, but which one can process the information and get it out of his hand where it needs to be? That's the guy. That's something, that's something you really can't teach. That's something that you just have. So I think that will be, that will be the, the, the ceiling of how high it goes is how fast does that, does that processing power translate in college he will have a, a a a long runway in the nfl and in the nfl you know you get so many years to prove yourself and those guys that can process the information early and get it out of their hands quickly are the guys that make have a, have a long career in the nfl yeah and and changing the subject real quick um the Jefferson Pilot game of the week, the Ole Miss Rebels versus the Vanderbilt Commodores, is Saturday, even though it's a night game. And shame on the SEC for not making that 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, just for old time's sake. I mean, this is the last time that Ole Miss and Vandy is going to play every year. Make that game 11 o'clock. It just makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So you have an interesting history with the Vanderbilt Commodores. Um We'll talk about 2003 and the Jonathan Nichols field goal in just a second. But 
you were also on the team, I do believe, uh, the year that 9-11 happened. And Vanderbilt was the opponent that was scheduled for the Saturday after 9-11. So Ole Miss played Vandy at the end of the year that year. Talk about what that was like and how that season went. I'll never forget that morning. It was as it was as crisp and clean, blue sky, just a beautiful day. And uh, going in the weight room, you know, watching it, seeing everything unfold, um, and then realizing that you know there's something a lot bigger than football going on. Um, knowing that game got canceled, um, ended up you know putting that that game to the end of the season. Um, that was an extremely wild, uh, you know, situation. I mean, it was, you know, it's not as intense as what's going on in, in, in Israel. Uh, but it definitely, um, you know, was something that, you know, we knew that we were at war essentially, and there's a lot more bigger things out there than football. And, you know, these 18 year old kids, you know, that that's really the first time that you ever experienced that realizing that, you know, there's, there's more than football out there. And, um, there's people's lives that are about to radically change because they're about to go to war. And, um, so that was, you know, we, we, we all, we all, you know, banded together on that, but, you know, other than that, you know, nothing really changes. You just kind of continue out there and do that, knowing that you're going to play Vanity the last game of the season. Yeah, and isn't that a weird situation? Because in 2001, if I'm not mistaken, um, that was the Eli interception game against Mississippi State. If I'm not – I could be wrong about that. But Eli lost in Starkville that night to Jackie Sherrill and Mississippi State. And then the next week, almost had to go and play Vanderbilt. What was that like having a game after Mississippi State? Um. Uh, nothing's I mean really yeah I mean it's just you can understand like these kids these kids are uh I don't want to say robots or um I mean you're or I don't say mercenaries I mean you're <laughs> you have you have your job you have your role you know what to do I came here to play football uh, came here to be give my education. Um, things change. Uh, you know, we have our next games in Vanderbilt, and I wasn't really in a great. I mean, I, I was I was just wanting to play that game. Uh, I think other guys were too. Um, so, uh, oh, onto a little bit happier thought: the 2003 game. I think Ole Miss. We're going from closing against Vanderbilt to opening against Vanderbilt. It's a situation that got really weird. Jonathan Nichols hit like a 52-yard field goal to win it. Um, what? This is a team that by the end of the year, I would have put Ole Miss up against anybody in the country. Whoever Ole Miss had to play, I would take the Rebels in that game. Why did Ole Miss get off to such a slow start in September that year? I don't know. I mean, I think sometimes it just takes it takes it takes time to get to get the ball rolling to get to get in that groove and just like, you know, playing uh, LSU coming off a of bye week, you know, that it, that kind of hindered us in our, in our momentum. And 
I just think sometimes it, it takes it takes some time to get to get a momentum going, getting that groove. And uh, you know, I think Coach Cut kind of, if I'm not mistaken, really kind of cut down our practices because we were such an older team, very mature team. Instead of going longer practices, we were more like really, I don't think we ever really got off the field. We were, I think we got off the field pretty much every time around like an hour and a half uh, or less. And it was very efficient, you know, because you're an older team, you're more mature, you understand that these guys can handle that. You wouldn't do that with a, with a young, immature team. You would, you know, older guys who are more mature can, can handle it. So Elijah Moore and Jonathan Mingo have both set the school record in receiving yards against Vanderbilt this decade. I mean, this is relatively recent. So you have to assume that like Trey Harris or Jakari Franklin or somebody else, somebody is going to have the big day because Ole Miss isn't going to say, hey, okay, this has been working when we played Vanderbilt. Let's go back and do something else. Uh, they're going to they're gonna stick to it, right? I mean, listen, Vanderbilt is not is not your grandfather's Vanderbilt. You know, this is this is a good team. These are these are this is a good team, a good team that played Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that uh, the the amount of pressure that our offensive line can keep from happening will dictate a lot of that. So I think that. Um, if you're playing a very high-powered defense that can get pressure on Dart, Dart's going to have to get the ball out early and let those guys make the run after the catch. If they can keep pressure off of him, then he gets to go and play the the second and third level uh, throw that you know he so he he really likes to do. So yeah, I think that would, I think that will be the big the big thing is if. If they don't get pressure on Dart and he can just sit back there and, and wait, oh, yeah, you'll have record days. But if he has to get the ball out quickly, um, you know, I think you're going to have uh, a quick, you know, good high-scoring game. And Vanderbilt's a good team. So uh, I don't think uh, – Vanderbilt's good, to me, is better than Auburn. Um, so I think you're going to uh, see a, a, a real test. I mean, and listen, we weren't – Nobody's gonna. Nobody's gonna stand up and say we played great against Auburn. No, uh, no. I think everybody would say we're pretty disappointed uh, in how the offense played. How the offense played. So Ole Miss was one bad pass. Um, Jackson threw the ball a little bit behind Zakari. It got tipped up and intercepted. Yeah. And Auburn, Ole Miss was going to go in and score a touchdown there and was about to boat race that game. Yeah. Whenever that happened, it got weird. Yeah, and I think you have to look at these. You know, you have to look at this from a big from a big picture perspective. Um, Dart needs to be able to play a game where his processing, getting the ball out quickly, is a very high percentage. You're about to play Vanderbilt, which is you're a much better team, but they're still a good team. But then you're about then you're going to go in and play a And M, and then you're going to play Georgia. If Dart plays like he did, like like he's been playing last two games, I don't think we're going to win. Um, he's the they need to play. They need, in my opinion, 
they need to have routes that are essentially 15 yards and in and just throw crossing routes, short stuff, train his, train him to throw short. And you see when Ole Miss does really well is when they're throwing the short stuff and prolonging those drives, getting the, getting the run game in. And once they're doing that, then the, the long ball is naturally going to go and your run game is going to progress. I think that's really what's happening to me. Like against George, against LSU, you saw us throw a lot of short stuff that prolonged the, the, uh, the, the drives. You're also playing a terrible defense, but in my opinion, if you want to see Ole Miss play really well against Vanderbilt, it's taking the short stuff, taking the, the stuff a little across the middle, getting the ball out quickly, because that's what's going to translate for you to win against Georgia and AM. My thought, this, this I, 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 now I, I kind of honestly can't figure out this Charlie Weiss offense and this Lane Kiffin offense entirely, but I, ha- I think I have an idea of this. And that is whenever Ole Miss thinks that they have an offensive line advantage and they can block the people in front of them they're going to do the deep second and third level RPO stuff because they think they have time to do it. But they tried that against Alabama and it didn't work. So against LSU, they didn't do it. They got the ball out quickly. They moved it around and stuff like that because they knew their offensive line was at a little bit of a um, deficiency against the defensive line of LSU. Whether or not that was true, we don't know. So I think against Texas A&M and against Georgia, we're going to see more of the LSU type game plan as opposed to um, what we've seen against – Auburn and Arkansas. And that's and that's part of my that's part of my point is that mm. you've got a young quarterback that's he's not fully mature yet. You've got to get the 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 mental reps. You've got to mm. get the muscle memory in there. Throw short, throw look for the look for the open route quickly. You've got you've got a great run game, you've got a great passing game. You can go long, but you've got to get this kid to start processing quickly. We're like, what's going to be open quickly? You know, these are the games where you really want to see your players play well. That's why I wanted them to do the stuff in the very beginning of the season. Get him, get him ready to throw the ball short. Get him ready to, to pre-snap read. Get him to see hot routes. Where are the hot routes? Who's the hot guy coming? If that hot guy, if that guy, hot guy comes, then the, the receiver has got to make that, that adjustment. That's what you're wanting to do in these types of games. Again, it's the big picture. Do you just want to look pretty against uh, against uh, um, a, a team that you're superior to, or do you want to prepare yourself so when you play against a And and you play against Georgia, you're ready because you've been doing what you, you you're going to need to do? Yeah, I, I, honestly, I I, I can't. Oh, it takes everything I have to not think about A&M and Georgia right now, which means this Vanderbilt game is going to be a typical Ole Miss Vanderbilt game. This is going to be a bring-your-own-energy type of game. Whenever you played, let's say whenever you went up to Jonesboro or a game like that where it was completely bring-your-own-energy, yeah, you're not going to. Oh, I don't yeah. think I, I don't think you're going to bring your own energy against Vanderbilt. I think, I think uh, Ole Miss has had enough run-ins with Vanderbilt. It's gonna be, it's gonna be realize, realizing. Hey, this is this is Vanderbilt coming in here. We've got to win this game, um, and we can easily lose. They know that. 
I mean, Ole Miss is these, these kids aren't removed from you know uh, a couple of years ago. I mean, they this is this is a team. We, when Vanderbilt comes in, you know you've got to you know you got to beat them. You know it's an SEC team. You're playing. You're gonna. I I do hope we fill out the uh, uh, the, the stadium. I think that will definitely help. Um, but there's it. No matter what. When you have to go, when you've got A and M and you got Georgia coming, it is hard to focus on Vanderbilt. The energy is going to be up, but in the back of your mind, you're thinking, okay, well, we're going to get past Vanderbilt, and then we're going to play Georgia. I mean, A and M then Georgia. You know, that's real. Uh, it's just Kiffin getting them to to really just focus in and lock in on on the task at hand. The energy is going to be there. It's just the focus. The 2003 season, right? Didn't didn't you guys play Auburn and LSU back to back? No. Uh, well, we might have, but we had an off week. Yeah, yeah. But who who was directly in front of that Auburn game before you played Auburn? Too many I know. I, yeah, Too many I can't remember. Yeah, I, but that that's the whole point. Nobody is going to remember this Vanderbilt game. No. Nobody's no. going to remember anything about it because everybody's going to talk about the AM game and the Georgia game because that's going to be the direction that the season goes. So Ole Miss needs to find a way to get through this game. I don't care if you win by well, one point. And that's point. my point, yeah. David, is that's why, that's why, to me, it's so important for them to get on uh, Dart and say, listen, you, you've got – to hit these things quickly. You've got to get the ball in the hands of these guys quickly. You can't just wait. We can't, I mean, he's too good of a player not to be coached hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure they're coaching him hard. Uh, but when you with when you when that when that ball, when that player's running down the middle of the field, these, he's got to be able to hit him before he b- before he turns, you know, mm-hmm. and that takes time. That takes it. But that's what's going to separate him. And this is a this is a quarterback driven league. Look mm-hmm. at LSU. If LSU does not have their quarterback, they're nowhere where they are. Yeah. So the Mississippi State. I mean, if so, people have to understand. Dart it all lands in Dart's hands, it, fair or unfair. If mm-hmm. he does not process things quickly and get the ball out of his hands, you don't beat Georgia and and A and M. Is that fair? No, but is it reality? Yes, and that's the truth. Because when he does that, all your other things that make you a good team come into place. You keep your defense off the field for a longer period of time. You're getting your your defense. You get you're getting your offensive run game going. You're getting your short game going. You got your long game. You're able to prolong. You're able to control uh, what you need to control. So. But it all starts with Dart being able to hit the quick stuff, recognizing it, helping the receivers recognize it, and going from there. Oh, and also, we're going to give you, before we get out of here, another little bit of a victory lap. Because against LSU, almost had the ball over 30 minutes time of possession. Against Arkansas, over 27. That seems to be the magic number, 27 minutes. And against Auburn, they held the ball for 33 minutes. Thank you, Stephen, for giving me another victory lap. I, mm-hmm. I like that. Now, now maybe can you let my wife give me some victory laps? <laughs> Seriously, I, I don't know if I have that much pull, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, holding, controlling the controlling the 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 time of clock is what is what allows you to win. And again, 
it's what it's processing, keeping the ball, sustaining drives. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's the big key, uh, is, is that. And, and we've talked about offense all the way through this thing, but we've gotten to the point where Lane Kiffin probably needs to start coaching to his defense. Well, I think his defense, I think the defense is what it is. It's going to get better, but their one job. It, it, it is getting better. It, it is getting better. And their mm. one job is to, is to, is, is to make, is to make turnovers, mm. um, is to keep the, keep the team from, from scoring, which, you know, it is what it is. Like it's a good offense. They're going to score most likely, but if you can keep them, but if you can make some turnovers, that obviously doesn't happen. That turns momentum over. It gets you a better ball, uh, um, uh, field position. So I think that's kind of what the MO has to be, you know, pin your ears back. Don't be, don't be afraid to make mistakes, blitz the crap out of people, uh, put pressure on the quarterback and do everything you can to, uh, um, make mistakes. Yeah. Should be pretty fired up. I'm looking forward to talking to you next week and the week after because this A&M and Georgia game, uh, I have a feeling we're going to have, we're going to have a good time talking about those because they're not going to have any problem getting our attention as scatterbrained as we are for the Vanderbilt Commodores. There's not going to be any issue coming after this week. Anyway, thank you so much, Bill Flowers. And thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And hey, if you're still listening, mash that YouTube subscribe button. If you already have, let somebody else know. We're trying to grow the numbers pretty quickly. Thank you so much, Bill Flowers. And we will see you next week, buddy.